0: As I mentioned in your Bible study, um, my very first class at seminary was Bible study methods under Dr. Howard Hendricks, one of my favorite classes, one of my favorite professors. And Dr. Hendricks told us early on that there are three ways or people approach the word in three different ways. And so I'm going to share those three uh, types of people, those three ways to approach the Word. And as I do, I want you to think about which of these best describes the way that you go to God's Word. And the first one is water skiing. Um, You're just skimming the surface. If you've been water skiing, you know, you're just kind of looking at the big picture. You're just kind of seeing what's out there and just enjoying it, and that's it. You don't really know what's under the surface. That would be equivalent to just reading the Bible. For instance, uh, you may be reading the Bible through in a year, and so you're just reading a section every day. Or maybe you're reading a psalm every day or a proverb every day. And there's value in that because you want to get a big picture. But if that's all you do, you're missing the the full benefits of the word of God. But water skiing, I mean, it's, it's okay, but you don't want that to be the only way you approach the word of God. A second way that people approach the word of God is snorkeling. And I don't know how many of you have been snorkeling. I've had the opportunity to go in some of the most beautiful places in Micronesia, Palau, um, the Philippines, the Rock Islands. I mean, it's amazing the difference between looking above the water and actually floating on top of the water with your little snorkel and your fins and seeing what's close up, and, but what's under the water, the reef, the fish. It's beautiful. And so that would be going a little bit deeper in the Word, but still not going all the way down and immersing yourself. You're still staying on the surface, but you're getting a deeper look. That would be like um, the devotional method that I gave you on day four of your study that you might just ask a few questions and looking at it more as a devotional reading than anything else. And there's still value in that, but if that's all you're doing, you're still missing the full benefit of God's Word. And the third way that people approach the Word of God is deep sea diving or scuba diving. I have always wanted to go but I've never done it, and now I'm too old to. So I guess I'll just have to see the pictures of it. But this would be equivalent to what you did this week, that you are, you are leaving the surface and you are diving deep and you're seeing all those beautiful things that you would have missed if you just stayed on the surface. And that is really the challenge for us is to go deep. Sea diving. The challenge is to be rooted in God's Word. That's our challenge this week. Be rooted in God's Word. Go deep sea diving. And again, all three of those just, uh, descriptions and methods can help you be rooted, but when you go scuba diving, it takes our roots deeper. You really have to go below the surface to get the most out of the Word of God and let it work. So let's talk about, quickly, just um, the, the goal of Bible study. Why do we study the Word of God? And I think I've said this to you before, but the goal of Bible study isn't more information. The goal of Bible study is transformation. That we want to see our lives changed as a result of being in the Word of God. Yeah, we need to learn knowledge about the Word of God. We need to learn how the Bible's structured. Uh, It's good, yes, but that can't be all it's about. We need to let the Word of God soak in. We have to apply it because that's where transformation takes place. Uh, Again, when I was in seminary, I took a class under Dr. Sue Edwards on how to lead and direct a women's ministry. And she told us, she said, the most important thing you can do in your women's ministry is get your women in the Word of God. And I've said, if I could only do one thing with this ministry, it would be to have a Bible study. Because that's where your lives are going to be changed. That's what's going to motivate you to go out and serve and to use your gifts. But we need to be in the Word of God. And so that's why I believe so strongly in heart-to-heart, not only just for the teaching from up front, but your time in your small groups as you're sharing with each other. You know, the Bible studies that I've written for you over the last 17 years came from my inductive Bible study in my quiet times. I would be going through a book or a topic. And so the questions that are in your studies are what I wrote down as I was studying the Word. They were my own questions that I had, and so I've just transferred them to your Bible study books. And there are times that some of you, my leaders, will say, Cricket, I don't know what the answer is to that question. I mean, what what is the answer? And I'll go, I don't know. But it was a question I asked and I wrestled with. And that's what I want you to do, is wrestle with the Word of God. Take it, and even if you don't know the answer, you ask, God, what does this mean? Why why is this there? You know, Warren Wiersbe wrote a a great book on Bible study called Delights and Disciplines of Bible Study. And he says, I I like this. He says, your devotional reading of the Word is like eating a daily meal. While serious Bible study is like visiting the health club and exercising. We need to study the word of God in depth so that we know what is right, what is not right, how to get right and how to stay right. And so the question for you is that are you just eating or are you exercising going to the gym? doing more than just sitting there eating and soaking it in? Are you working it out in your life? You know, uh, some people will say, well, I go to church on Sundays, and I I get my uh, feeding from the Word from the pastor. That's how I spend time in the Word. I'm just listening. Or you come on Tuesday mornings. I hear cricket or a guest teacher teach. That's all I need. Well, those things are good in going to a Bible conference. I mean, listening is good. But where God does his transformation in your life is really when you're sitting there alone with the Bible. And you're saying, God, what do you want to teach me? And he says, Cricket, you just read that verse in Philippians 4 about don't be anxious. Mm, I think you're, you're anxious. Oh, God, I am. And I may not get that from listening to a teacher up front. I might. But I need to let God show me what's going on in my heart. What am I doing that's pleasing to you? What am I doing that's not pleasing to you? How do I correct it? So we need to be spending time in the Word of God by ourselves also. We need the time in groups where you can feed and and encourage one another. i learn from my leaders. They will come up with answers that I never thought of. But we need both. We need to have that time alone. So be rooted in God's word. Go scuba diving. Study on your own. I've always said, I don't want to spoon-feed you. I don't want to give you a Bible study that answers every question in the next paragraph. Because I want you to dig and to let God teach you. So this morning, I'm not going to review how to do inductive Bible study because that's what you spent all week on these uh, lessons going through this 1 Timothy passage. So what I'm, I want to do this morning is look at why? Why do we need to study His Word? Um, there are a lot of passages that we can look at. There are passages in the Old Testament. There's passages in the New Testament. And we don't have time to look at all those. So we're going to look at three passages in the New Testament. We're going to hear what Peter and Paul have to say about why we need to be in the Word. And I'm going to give you eight reasons Yes, eight. I could have given you more, but we're going to do eight. Uh, eight reasons why we should be rooted in the Word of God, why we should be diving deep into it. So let's begin. And I put these verses up here, but you can turn in your Bibles if you want to. But we're going to begin by first looking at 1 Peter 1, 23 to 25. Peter says, For you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable. That is, through the living and enduring Word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls off, but the Word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the Word which was preached to you. This passage from Peter points out two reasons why we should be rooted in God's Word by going deep. And the first one is just God's Word leads to salvation. In verse 23, he says, You have been born again through the living and enduring Word of God. It's what leads us to salvation. And you may say, well, then why do I need... I mean, I'm already a Christian, so why stay in it? Because it continues to remind us of the gospel. And we need to keep going back to that. You know, when I was nine years old, um, I asked, I I was wrestling with what it meant to be a Christian. And I went to my pastor and I said, would you preach a sermon on what Jesus did on the cross? Because I'm, I'm just trying to grasp that. So the very next Sunday, he comes and he preaches a sermon on the cross. I remember John 316 and other passages in John and Romans that he taught on that morning and I thought, okay, this makes sense. And that morning I asked Jesus to be my Savior and I was baptized that night. The word of God leads us to salvation. How did God's word lead you to salvation? So the second reason that we see why we need to be in God's Word from this passage is that God's Word is eternal. Peter describes the Word in this passage as living, enduring, endures forever. In other words, the Word of God is always relevant It's not going to be put on the shelf as outdated. It's not going to have a shelf life. It doesn't die. It doesn't lose its impact over time, although there are people today who would say, the Bible isn't relevant today. We're we're living in different times, different culture. That's, for those thousands of years ago, not relevant. Wrong. It is alive. It is still active. It's not irrelevant. It is at work. You know, uh, for those of you here at First of we're studying the book of Daniel on Sunday mornings in our services. And Pastor Fleming is walking us through that and You know, you might, there may be people who say, listen, the book of Daniel, that was written thousands of years ago. It was written during the Babylonian captivity. It has no relevance to my life today. Wrong. It is very relevant today. No, we're not in the Babylonian captivity. No, we're not Daniel. We haven't been kidnapped. But there are principles in God's word that are still alive and active today that we need to be applying today. It's enduring. It's eternal. The Bible never loses its impact. And so we don't put it on a shelf. question for you to think about yourself is just, are you ignoring parts of God's word? Because it doesn't feel relevant today? Don't do that. (laughs) Because God's Word is alive. It is eternal. So that's the first two reasons why we should be rooted in God's Word and study deep. One, because it leads to salvation. And two, because it's alive and eternal. It is still very much at work. So now let's look at another passage. Actually, it's right the next verses after these. Uh, In 1 Peter 2, 1 to 3, Peter goes on to say here, Therefore, putting aside all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, like newborn babies, long for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. So let's look at another reason. The third reason why we need to be going deep in God's Word is because it is essential to spiritual growth. You know, Peter's describing the attitude and the appetite of a newborn baby. Just like that newborn baby knows, and I don't know that a newborn baby actually knows he needs milk, but there's something innate in that baby that tells that baby, I need food. I need that milk. And you young moms know exactly what they do when they want it. They cry and they scream until you provide that nourishment for them. And they're not going to be quiet until they get it. They have an appetite for that milk because it's going to help them grow. Again, they may not realize that. They just know, hey, I need it. I want it. And we don't want to stay on milk forever. Hopefully, as the author of Hebrews says, we are going to be feasting on solid food as we grow. But there always needs to be that appetite, like a little baby going, I want milk We need to be saying, I want your word, God, because I need the nourishment to feed me, to help me grow, to grow up to spiritual maturity. It's essential for spiritual growth. We cannot grow without being in God's word. So a question for you to consider here. Are you feasting On God's word. Like a baby just loves that milk. Are you feasting on it? Or are you just nibbling at it? Snacking on it? Taking a little piece here and there. And just walking away. God's word is essential to spiritual growth. So now let's turn to our next passage, and this is our last passage we're going to look at. We'll finish up with this, and Paul, 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17. This was your memory verses. These were your memory verses this week, and I think we're all familiar with this passage, but it is so packed full of why we need to be in the Word of God. Paul says, all Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Notice that he says all Scripture, meaning even those books that you think are boring, like Leviticus or Song of Solomon or some of the prophets. Every book in the Bible has Nourishment for us in some form. I remember reading through the book of Leviticus and the thing I came away with was I'm so glad we have a Savior who has done this that I don't have to go through all these rituals. There is something in every book, all Scripture. And they're all inspired by God, just simply meaning that the Holy Spirit led these men to put down the words that God wanted on paper. They still had their voice, their personalities, but God, the Holy Spirit directed them as they wrote. So in this passage in 2 Timothy, we're going to look at five more reasons that will complete our eight reasons why we should study God's Word, why we should go deep-sea diving in the Word. The fourth reason is because God's Word teaches us. He says it's profitable for teaching. His word teaches us what is right. It teaches us what we should do. How we should live. It teaches us correct doctrine. Correct behavior that pleases God. So a question for you to think about is, are you teachable to God's word? Do you read something And then move to action to do it. Or do you ignore it? God's word teaches us. But are we teachable to it? The fifth reason. God's word reproves us. He says it's profitable for reproof. And reproof is similar to rebuke. It's just a gentler form. It's pointing out to someone something they're doing wrong or they're not doing right. His Word convicts us. And it shows us what we're doing wrong, how we're displeasing and dishonoring the Lord. I shared earlier about, you know, Philippians 4 convicting me that, Cricket, you're anxious. You need to be praying. Why not? Why aren't you praying? God's Word will show us what we're not doing right. When I was on staff with crew at Western Kentucky, um, I was working with sororities there and started to... I was meeting with sorority presidents. I was leading them to Christ, uh, helping others just surrender to the Lord and walk in, in His strength and not their own And there began to just be a lot going on in the sororities and they were sharing with their sisters and I would come speak to the sorority houses and then it kind of channeled over into the fraternities but there were people not happy with that. And so they started persecuting and I say persecuting in terms of just giving them a hard time because they all of a sudden weren't doing the things that they were part of and they were all of a sudden going to Bible study. And they were going through a hard time. But during that time, it became known to me that there were some grumblings about me, things being said about me, that I didn't care about the women in the ministry there that weren't in the sororities. And so there was a lot of grumbling and complaining about me. And I was trying to ask, what's going on? And, and so somebody said, well, this girl is the one that's stirring it up. So I prayed about it, and I called a, another girl on staff with me, and I said, hey, would you meet with, and I'm just going to call this girl Greta just for giving her a name. I said, would you meet with me with Greta? I need to, I need to exhort her. I, I need to get to the bottom of this, and I just need a third, a, a third party here with me. So I called Greta and said, hey, can you meet me and Diane for breakfast? I just want to talk to you about something. So she came, and as we s- sat down and started, I said, well, I said, I want to start by reading to you from the Word. And I opened my Bible to Proverbs 6, 16 to 19. And I started with verse 16. There are six things which the Lord hates. Yes, seven, which are an abomination to him. And I read through those seven things and I got to the last verse, verse 19, and I read what it said, a false witness who utters lies and one who spreads strife among brothers. And she burst into tears and said, oh, cricket, I am so sorry, I am guilty of that. I have displeased the Lord. I have been talking about you in a negative way because I felt jealous that you were giving so much attention to these girls. Forgive me. I didn't say a word. God's word did. And then as I explained to her why, because they were hurting. They they were being really given a hard time by their sorority sisters and fraternity brothers that they were friends with. And she was like, I had no idea how can I be involved in encouraging these women? And she became one of their biggest cheerleaders after that. I didn't say anything. I didn't rebuke her. Although it came out of my mouth. But it was God's word. That's why we need to be in God's word. That is the most powerful way to help somebody. Let the Holy Spirit speak through His Word. So a question for you, how do you respond when God's Word reproves you? Do you listen? Confess? Change? Or do you defend your actions? Or ignore it? And just keep on doing what you're doing? I will never forget her response that day and how she changed as a result of just hearing God's Word. The sixth reason. God's Word corrects us. It's profitable for correction. His Word not only shows us what we're doing wrong, or, but His Word shows us how to get it right. How to get back on the right path. No, that's not how I want you to respond there. This is what I want you to do. You know, I don't want you to grumble and and gossip. I want you to give thanks. It corrects us. And so, a question for you to consider. Are you willing... To change your path and obey when God shows you what you should be doing. Are you allowing God's word to correct you and are you following that correction? And then the seventh reason why we need to be rooted in the word of God. Because God's word trains us. He says it's profitable for training in righteousness. God's Word shows us how to become like Christ. How to live godly lives. Shows us how do we walk in the Spirit. It trains us. And the question for us is, are we willing to go through that training to become more like him in his righteousness. Because sometimes that training hurts. And then the eighth reason, the last reason. God's word equips us. Verse 17. So that the man of God may be adequate, equipped, For every good work. That is a good summary statement of all these things we've talked about. God's word equips us. It makes us adequate to do everything that God has called you to do. And so the question to consider is, are you letting the word of God equip you? Or are you listening to what the world is saying and letting the world equip you? We need to be listening to the Word of God and allowing His Word to equip us for every good work. So those are eight reasons why we should be rooted in God's Word, why we should go scuba diving or deep sea diving. God's Word leads to salvation. It's eternal. It's essential to spiritual growth. It teaches us. It reproves us. It corrects us. It trains us. It equips us. And that one overall reason why we should be in the Word of God, the goal of Bible study is God's Word transforms us. Do you want to be changed? Do you want to become more like Christ? Or do you want to stay the way you are right now? Because if you want to stay the way you are now, just don't even spend time in God's Word. But if you want to become more like Him every day and be changed, spend time in the Word of God. Go deep. Not just water skiing or snorkeling. So I'm going to close with three application questions uh, for you to take home and really ponder in your time alone with God. And the first one is, how is your appetite for God's Word? Do you long for it like that baby that we talked about? Do you hunger for it? Or do you ignore it? Or maybe just kind of snack on it from time to time? Do you make it a priority? Or do you just look at it when you have time? Again, are you, are you hungering for it like that baby, or are you just nibbling at it? A second question for you to ponder is, what's your purpose in studying God's Word? Is it because you're trying to check a box Yep, did some reading today. Good. I'm good to go. Is your purpose to please others? Is your purpose in studying God's Word to know more knowledge or to grow towards spiritual maturity? Hendricks and Wiersbe would both say the purpose is not to know but to grow. You want to grow. Knowledge is great, but it's not going to really change you if you don't do anything with it. I, I love what Wiersbe said. The Bible wasn't written to make you a smarter sinner, <laughs> but to make you like the Savior. Not to fill your head with the collection of biblical facts, and you can give all these details But to transform your life, what is your purpose in going to God's Word? And then the third, what's your response to God's Word? You know, it's great to do the observation questions, it's great to do the interpretation, but what are you doing with what you're learning? We need to go deeper than that. We need The application is key to spiritual growth. Yes, observation is important. Interpretation is important. But if we stop there and not applying it to our lives, we're missing that beauty of what's in the Word and how God can work in us. The mark of spiritual maturity isn't how much you understand or know but how much you apply what you know. And I hope that the more you study, the more you are hungry to study more. When I went to seminary, I thought, okay, I'm going to come out of seminary and I'm going to know a lot about the Bible and I'm going to be able to, you know, handle it well. And I came out of seminary and I thought, oh, Lord, I don't know anything about the Bible because... I realized from those classes how much I did not know and how vast the Bible is and how we're just scratching a small surface. It was almost like, oh my goodness, there's so much down there in that deep that I have not even begun to understand. Be rooted in God's Word. Don't just water ski. Don't just snorkel. You go deep sea diving. That's how God changes our lives. Let's pray. Father, again, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you how you've used it in all of our lives. But Father, I pray for every woman in this room that she would hunger for your word the way that baby hungers for milk. I pray, Father, that we would not be able to go without time in your word and also just digging deeper. And I know some days it's just going to be reading. That's all we can get done. But, Lord, give us that passion, that desire to be in your word so that you can change us and make us more like you. Thank you for giving us your word. In Jesus' name, amen.